Zenni offers prescription glasses starting at $6.95, as well as affordable sunglasses, blue blockers, and more. The best part? Try any frame, anywhere, with our 3D virtual try-on. Visit zenni.com today and change the way you buy glasses forever. Hey, which glasses look better on me? Oh, what's this? Zenni's 3D virtual try-on. Pretty cool, right? Hmm, uh, I don't know about the purple cat eyes. I think they're fun. What about these tortoiseshell glasses? Or these rimless sunglasses? Oh, what about these clear frames? Wait, are those prices real? Do they have glasses for men? Yep, they also have affordable blue light glasses. Seriously? At those prices? Get them all. I like where this is going. Zenni.com. Quality prescription glasses starting at $6.95. Welcome to the Talking Single Podcast, a podcast featuring four strong, single and successful women, raised in Lagos, now living in London. Each week, we share our stories and experiences about being women, navigating life, love, and everything in between. We address stereotypes, misconceptions, and even bust some myths about singlehood. Oh, and we do all that with a good dose of fun and a whole lot of style. I'm Keisha, the unconsciously uncoupled unromantic, and I'll be this week's host. Joining me are the other talking single ladies. Rebe, the cautious romantic, balancing life on her own terms. Crystal, the recovering love addict, now happily single. Rashida, single and ready to mingle. Her heart is newly reopened for love. Our podcast is called Talking Single simply because it's what we do and who we are. Enjoy. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Talking Single podcast. Today's topic is colorism. Hosting today is me, Keisha, and my girls, Crystal, Rebe, and Rashida. Hey, everyone. Hey, Hey, everybody. And today, we also have our special guests for this week, Rhea and Norma Jean from the Diasporanicals. Nice to meet you. So we have a proper full house. There are like six of us in here. It's going to be wild. (laughs) So, Rhea, I hear that you are uh, disinterested in men, but still find yourself in situationships. And you're now just trying to mind your own business. <laughs> yes, How's that working out? Hey. It's, 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 it's <laughs> a little that hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to mind my business, but they still disturb me. Ah. You're a fine girl. What will you do now? <laughs> I, thank you, darling. Thank you. <laughs> but hey, it's okay. <laughs> I what about away. you, Norma Jean? Are you ready for your person that says that you are ready for a life partner and you're trying not to repeat the same mistakes? Are you succeeding? Yeah, I'm trying not to be foolish again. Okay. You know? Um I have been I've done all the stupid things you're you're supposed to do, I guess. Um, and I don't want to go back, so I want to do it right. But it's it's a struggle. Pandemic relationships are a struggle. <laughs> Believe that. Believe that, yeah. We've done an episode of uh, dating in lockdown. So yeah, you guys should go check it out. <laughs> so, okay. Welcome to the Talking Single podcast. And thank you, uh, Dice Baradical, for joining us today. So... The dictionary, I'm just going to jump right in, okay? So the dictionary definition of colorism is the prejudice or discrimination against individuals with a dark skin tone, 
typically among people of the same ethnic or racial group. So colorism is, is a societal ill felt all around the world, including but not limited to Latin America, um, East and Southeast Asia, Africa, and the Caribbean. Um, just to put a bit more context on it, um, The Independent wrote an article where they stated that colorism is thought to be a lasting relic of slavery, white mess, where white masters showed preferential treatment to light-skinned or multiracial slaves who were often the product of rapes with darker-skinned women. While in Asia, the preference for light skin is linked to class as well as colonialism. So it's, it's, it's been around for a while. Um, and, you know, what I'd like to hear from you girls is if you can share one of your own personal experiences um, um, day to day as a black woman living in London. Um, Rio, how about you go first? Well, so... Uh, I've had lots of experiences, but um, one of the ex one of the like the ones that comes to mind was a time I went for a beauty treatment, basically in a salon, and a lady offered me a cream. She she said, "You know what? I have this cream. It's amazing. You use it, and it will make you beautiful." And was then I realized. Beautiful, okay. Was mm -hmm. your response to how, like, I'm already the most beautiful version of me. I can't even get any more beautiful. Yes. I wish that was my response <laughs> at the time. But then when it happened, I was just so gobsmacked. I was like, you what? <laughs> I, you know, in that moment, like, as soon as I left the salon, I was thinking of all the things I should have said. Yeah. But I didn't because it just hit me as a shock. But... Yeah, so, so she offered it to me and she's like, yeah, I can even give you a discount. What this, kind this, of cream this. was it? It was a skin lightening cream. Oh, hell no, she didn't. Mm, yes, she did. Yes, mm. she did. You know. Try to tone down all that chocolatey goodness. Yeah, Ria is so beautiful. I look at you and I see shining. The black is shining. How dare she? Oh, not thank see you. That you're beautiful just the way you are. You know what? You know what? After this pandemic, we all go and catch that woman. That's right. <laughs> oh, I've already organized for her. You people are still there. She don't know. I'm bringing my posse back. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, 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 that's not a good experience. I mean, um, what about, I mean, okay, what, what about you, Crystal? Um, so it's so many things like you, sometimes you hear people having a conversation. Oh, I, I, I don't like, I don't like dark skin girls. I prefer white girls, but you're there and you're a dark skin girl. Yeah. And it's just like, that's not nice. Yeah. yeah. And what yeah, it's. It's yeah, but what can you do? I'm not I'm not ready to start fighting and saying, I'm beautiful, I'm beautiful, how dare you? Mm. And I even once heard young boys as young as 13 having a conversation about, oh, don't like black, don't like they're black boys, black, dark skinned boys going, I, I don't like I don't like black girls, I like black girls, I prefer Latina or light skinned girls, man. I'm like, what? Where did this come from? Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, and you're have they like, seen their moms? Yeah. yeah, and it, it's it's a lot of things. It's what they see on TV. It's what they hear. 
you know, it's what, you know, a lot of these boys are into football. How many footballers are with a dark-skinned girl, you know? Mm. So it's all those things. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of things. But, yeah, I mean, that's me. So uh, I don't know which one of you wants to answer this particular question, um, uh, Rebi, Rashida, or Norma Jean, but have you actually ever been bullied or experienced self-hate because of your skin tone? They haven't borne the person that is going to bully me <laughs> because of my skin tone. They have not borne that person. But, yeah. but seriously, though, what I would say is, I mean, if I, th- if I think about in the, in the corporate world, mm-hmm. you know, um, very often, you know, you, you find that you are the only black woman there. Um, and already there are statements that are made about you and there are perceptions that are, that are put on you. And then you often find that, and I've experienced in a previous organization that I worked where there were three of us that were women of color. One happened to be um, dual mixed heritage. And I realized that um, in conversations where you were expressing strong views, maybe you were dissenting with the status quo, there was more leniency for the person that was mixed heritage versus the rest of us that were, and it's not that many, are darker skinned. You know, you make a point and then you often hear things like, you don't need to be so aggressive. And that would be given to me, a darker skinned woman, than the woman that is mixed, a dual heritage, even though she's expressing the same point of view, but you get the, the harder flack. And so I think that the, 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 the appetite for the, the things that you, you, you start to get away that you cannot get away you cannot get away with because you are darker skinned you see it in the corporate world as well and you have to then start to manage yourself and you have to tone down your personality to be much more agreeable so so you you see that happening and that's been my experience time and i cannot tell you how many of my friends have experienced that and i can i'm sure you guys can relate Yeah. yeah trying not to be the angry black woman Exactly. But then what they're really saying is the angry dark skinned woman. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. When they say black, they mean black. Yeah. Try not. Uh-huh. They mean it. Uh-huh. That's what they mean, right? That's what they mean. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I mean, so what we're saying is the everyday rejection of black women um is commonplace. And it seems um even in dating, um, rejection of black women by um black me- men. Um, have also recently come to light. Um, that's a big sigh because I'm just... In your experience, ladies, has your skin colour had an impact on your dating life? Do you have any particular stories to share? Rashida? Um, yes, I do have a story. It's not dating or anything, but it just has to do with skin color. I'm sure all of you guys would have heard this thing. Oh, she's, she's so pretty for a black woman. You're like, Ooh, kind of stupid. Yeah. Uh, what does that even mean? Oh, you're so, you're so pretty for a black girl. Or you're so pretty for an African. I said, what on earth does that mean? And I feel like as we're... All of us as dark skinned or even lighter skinned black women, we need to reject such statements. When someone gives you that kind of compliment, you tell the person to get lost. What does that even mean? And the other experience... It's a good compliment, isn't it? It's not, it's not even a compliment. I think it's an insult. Yeah. It's an insult. Like, yeah. what does that mean? Are you saying other oh, black women are not beautiful? 
But I feel like those sort of statements are informed by the media and the general public. I had a friend ages ago, she was getting married and the makeup artist she was going to use, just like um, Rhea mentioned earlier on, gave her this lotion and potion to only use on her face for, I think, three weeks before the wedding, so her skin will glow and pop oh, in the pictures. I, I'm seeing all my eyes pop, like, what? <laughs> like, what? Gosh. The, the, the lotion removed all the spots on her face. Her skin was flawless, but mm. she was five shades lighter. Okay. So she and had, the, like, a light face and dark hands. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess at the wedding day, you're not going to put your hand to your face, but... She, her face was smooth. She had no spots, no blemishes, but she was just lightish. I think she went from like NW50 to like NW43. And you're like, what the hell? And because of the societal norms, like, oh, you have to be light-skinned to be considered beautiful. And guess what? Most women want to look the most amazingly beautiful way on their wedding day. On the so wedding day, yeah. She just fell into that trap. And... I guess that's been perpetrated the by... The photographer so could have used the filter. Thank you. <laughs> but even then, would you even want to use a filter as in I'd want the pictures on my wedding day to look exactly like me? I don't want to look two shades lighter. I just want to look like Rashida. Yeah. I mean, it's obvious that a woman's worth is heavily tied to their appearance and lighter skin is heavily tied to um, standards of beauty. So it's not surprising that it's usually the dark-skinned women who are hit the hardest. Um, and, and, you know, as both um, Rashid and Ria said, the, the beauty industry is flourishing with um, skin lightening products. And um, they might not even call it skin lightening. Some of them call it beautifying or fair... fair brightening, uh, fair brightening yeah. Yeah, because they're trying to get away from the negativity of skin lightening and they'll call it beauty or... Fairness or something remover, like that. Yeah, spot um, removers and stone brightening. Yeah, it's melanin killer. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it should be called. Cancer giver. <laughs> <laughs> Use some cancer. Like a serial I mean, killer. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I mean, what are your thoughts on this, Normandy? Ah, oh, gosh, that stuff really <laughs> irks me. Um, I have had. So I grew up in Botswana and uh, my friends used to complain about catching a tan because in the summer it's really hot, but in the winter it's really cold. So you go outside to catch, catch some rays so you can warm yourself up because we don't have heating and stuff like that. And people would just like complain all winter about, oh shit, I'm going to catch a tan and say this in front of me. Um, and I'd be like, okay, the good thing is your tan will fade, you know, but me... I, I'm not going to fade <laughs> unless I use uh, a natural means to fade. But I've always gotten those compliments around. I would date you if you were lighter. Ooh, I, that's all I got. Basically, I never actually dated in high school because this is what I was always being told. Oh, my God. Um, which is fine because I didn't like any of those guys. Anyway. <laughs> but, um, it was, that was consistent. It was a very consistent message. And this is an That's terrible. Right? Yeah. I mean, the thing about me is that I never saw my dark skin as an issue. I always loved it. Thank God for that. I never had, I was also raised not to really like think about beauty as like the only thing commodity I can, you know, I have or something like that. So I always just have enjoyed my skin. Um, it hides mm -hmm. the blemishes. This is a thing people don't oh, do. Yeah. <laughs> 
you don't see the problems you can't um but that's just you know how i grew up but then even being around people like that i just resisted this urge to look at look at my skin as something wrong um but yeah with these i mean these people are just they're just fools i mean there's no other way to explain it um and i really just appreciate the variety if anything i am the person who's always like trying to figure out how do i get darker (laughs) oh (laughs) yeah that's what i want oh yeah yeah. You're a proper sun worshiper, then. Hey, look! But when the sun comes out, you know how it is. You it. Your mood is better. Your skin clears up. Everything is just better with the sun. That's you're speaking truth, that's man. Truth. I know. I know. I think people um like living in the UK. I think some some of my non-black friends find it funny in the summer when I say, "Hey, I'm going out to catch a tan." Mm. I do it on purpose as well. You know, I just <laughs> put on my shorts and go and sit there. So do we think that dark-skinned men also face the same discrimination? Oh, they don't. They don't. I think they do. The darker, ooh, I don't think so. The darker your skin, they're like, ooh, I want me, even even within our own, even like white white, um, women love dark-skinned men. And then we black women also were like, ooh, he's dark, he's beautiful. Light-skinned men sometimes, yeah, okay, he's beautiful. But dark-skinned men are regarded as more... As Rhea, more... what do you think? I disagree because I'll give an example of, uh, like, I think it depends on where. I mean, I, I love the look of a dark-skinned man. Whoa. But, you know, in places like Congo, I heard, like, this happened almost 20 years ago for the last, over the last 20 years men have been also using these skin lightening creams to make themselves more, you know, more acceptable yep, yep. as partners to women because you get also Risky women who are anybody? maybe... Sorry? We have someone in Nigeria called Bob Risky. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, uh, yes, Bob Risky. There you go. I think same it depends thing, where. Yeah, yeah, I think it depends where. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, Botswana, definitely light skin, mixed race, multiracial um, guys would be the the ones that girls would fawn over except me um but (laughs) (laughs) but i think in the uk what i've noticed is that that there's a bit of a flip of the trend i think uh, back in the day from what i've read it seems like um dark-skinned guys were not really it but nowadays they really are it like Mm -hmm. it for everybody it's for black women multiracial women white women everybody wants a dark-skinned guy also Mm -hmm. look outside your window you see it (laughs) so (laughs) i think uh dark-skinned men in the uk for sure are they don't get the same discrimination i guess as a general yes yes yeah they also face some kind of stereotype as well because that's true the the blackness is linked to virility and great sex so it's not as if it's being done for oh i I happen to like this person there is a stereotype or a fetishism maybe or a fetishism Mm -hmm. exactly Mm -hmm. so so you know, it's kind of like the extremes are, neither is for the right reason, in my view, um, in, in many cases. I mean, so let, 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 me, let me sort of talk a bit about the media aspect of this now. Um, we all know that the media shapes and also reflects society. So it's easy to see why colorism is prevalent in our own communities. Um, and it's obviously um, an agenda being perpetuated on every public pa- platform and social media platform these days. Um, that said, it seems that now, um, nowadays, colorism is, is um, 
not only apparent within the same ethnic group, it seems that all around the Western world where diverse populations exist, um, that white people can be just as colorist as ethnic people. Um, and in, in the media and in television, black and Asian people in the public eye often have lighter skin. Um, let me give an example. Light-skinned multiracial people are very visible in popular culture at the moment due to the, ex and, and to the exclusion of a whole color spectrum of ethnicities. Society grants um, certain privilege to light-skinned um, people because they are now trendy and preferred by the white race. This kind of colorism forces, well, or may force multiracial people to choose an ethnicity i.e., you know, choose a side. Do they want to identify as black or as white? And my research suggests that on the side of multiracial people themselves, it can make them feel like an outsider within a particular ethnicity through no fault of their own. It's as if they've been lifted up as trendy without like, you know, they've got no say in it and, and certain attributes are being assigned to them without any thought as to how it can affect them. I mean, so I'm going to ask Rebe this question first. Do you think colorism in the media simply reflects modern British, uh, modern Britain featuring black or multiracial families? Or do you think that um, multiracial couples and light-skinned people um, are being revered due to colorism? Interesting question. I think what we're seeing happen, certainly in, in the UK from a, from a media perspective, is a, a combination of things. I think what we start to see happening is um, companies are now realizing um, the power of community. So we, we start to see an increase in the purchasing power of people of color. Um, we're also starting to see companies realizing that it don't look good if they are not showing some level of diversity and inclusivity. So whether it's about ticking a box or something like that, they are starting to show more people of color. Um, they're starting to do it, I guess, in the, probably the laziest possible way. So how do I show people of color is put in a, a multiracial person or a lighter skinned person to represent the, the entirety of what is what is black. You know, it's quite a lazy way to do it, but they're starting yeah. to do that. But having said that, you know, if you also look outside the window, we, we are seeing more multiracial couples than we did years ago. So you're starting to see a combination of these things happening around society. Are we there yet? No, we are not. Um, if you look at a lot of advertising, communication, magazines, print, we are starting to see more um, shades of, of, of black color represented. And a very good example of this is when you think about makeup, if you guys can remember 10 years ago, how difficult it was to find oh, yeah. your shade of foundation five years ago. You know, it's only now that we're starting to see more of that. Let me even give you another Thank example. Thank you, Rihanna. One, exactly. As in before Fenty, that was mm -hmm. L'Oreal had just two. Yeah, black, before Fenty, Rolls. You know, they, they started to open up the, 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 the spectrum. Yeah. And you remember what it was like before. If you go to your local beauty store in the high street, you know you had to go to a specific ethnic store to find oh, your yeah. stuff. Mm. Now you're, you're starting to see that permeate. Or even when you think about fashion, skin tights, I still have to start, you know, I still have to order 
to get my shade of skin tights in my skin tone. Um, before you had to pick black or what do they call it? Off gray or white? I mean, it, barely black. Barely black. I don't know what that means. You know, so, so it's, it's evolving, but it's not there yet. And I think one of the underlying factors is representation. In the industry, there are not enough people of color in the position of making decisions. You know, yeah. In my industry, I am probably the only black person sitting at the table where I can say, no, I want to see a diverse cast. And by a diverse cast, I do not mean yes, a, girl. a lighter skinned woman to represent all that is black. I want to see somebody that looks like me mm -hmm. in advertising. And, and the more we have people of, of, of color in positions of power in marketing and advertising, the tide will shift. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. I really hear that. Um, what are your thoughts on um, this, Rhea? On this question, basically, do you think colorism in the media reflects modern Britain, or do you think it's um, just plain old colorism? I think it's a mix of both, because I really love what Ribby had to say about you know being having a black person in the room when mm. some of these decisions are made. Um, and aside from that, I mean. I say it's it's colorism because there's been there's been dark skinned people who are, for instance, cast or or taken pictures of in magazines, and during the editing process they get whitewashed. Mm. Yeah, we've we've seen that happen actually. We've seen that happen many many yeah. times. Right. You know, right. and and it's like that is actually a direct offense to mm. me. Because yeah. why would you take a dark-skinned person and say, ah, I think they'd look better like if we lighten the shade, brighten it up a bit. Not even a bit. Sometimes it's just so extreme. You're like, what? Mm -hmm. You know? And I think one celebrity I remember complaining so badly about it was uh, Kerry Washington. Yeah. I don't know if you, you guys yeah. remember that. I remember that. It actually happened to her, yeah. But mm -hmm. then she had the voice to be able to speak about it. Exactly. Because the people who didn't have the power... And they would mm -hmm. just have to take it because they're lower at, at, at lower levels or paths in their career. Or, I don't yeah, know. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so it's also about having a voice, having that power. But if you don't, then people will just keep assuming. Yeah. Putting yeah. you into some sort of box. Yeah. I was going to say that my experience in the corporate world is that even if you are the black person in the room, sometimes they don't listen to you and they just shut you down. Mm. Oh, um, that has been my experience. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. I have, I have been, I spoke up and a lot of the time you bring up race or colorism or whatever. And it's always like, no class is the real issue or whatever. Oh, wow. Mm. I'm using the wrong accent. <laughs> you know what I mean? race people feel as if they're being attacked without yeah, understanding yeah. that this thing is systemic it's not mm -hmm. something you should run away with and run away from the sooner mm -hmm. you accept there's a problem the sooner there can be a solution but everybody waking up and saying i'm not racist i'm not racist that doesn't <laughs> help <sighs> you know really we doesn't. will talk about this later on i'm sure um yeah. you know these days we're all getting more screen time which means we're also getting more blue light exposure than ever before too much blue light can make your eyes feel tired, dry, or blurry. It can also affect your sleep. Zenni's Blocks lenses help to protect the eyes by keeping harmful blue light out. Because they're virtually clear, add blocks to any Zenni frame for stylish, all-day protection. Get a complete pair of prescription or non-prescription Blocks glasses starting at just $24. Protect your eyes now 
at zenny.com. But the, the, to, to your point about um, not being heard, you know, in my perspective, we need to look at this very strategically and put emotion to one side. We need to come together and, and create a voice. We have the benefit of social media. We need to form association to get our voices heard. Let me give you an example. How many black um, advertising directors do you think work in creative agencies? I can think of probably just one yeah. or maybe two at best. Wow. So we cannot, ev- we cannot create change if we are not there. If we, do not, if we do not have a seat at the table and we are not creating our own table, it will not change from a media perspective. So I think that's one thing that's certainly Mm -hmm. really, really important. And the other thing is, actually, when we see these things, what do we do? Do we just talk about it with our friends or do we actually post Mm -hmm. back? Do we comment to the organization to say, that is unacceptable, change it. Mm -hmm. So these are some of the things, I'm sure we will talk about it later and you can tell I'm very passionate about this, but we can talk about it later. And that's across all industries, not just media. yeah. Let me let me sort of take the flip this on its side and ask. Can so we've we've talked a lot about uh, multiracial couples. Um, is it can can racial mixing help or um, in a way Eve help towards the rate the cause of cause of um, racism? The fact that um, more ethnicities are coming together um people are mixing more and becoming more diverse um is it necessarily a bad thing to have colorism in the media from that perspective Mm. wow i think i i have this concern as a dark-skinned person of being erased Mm. um because of colors or you know colorism and you know just having this whole kumbaya mix everything all up um thing i do feel like while racism and colorism exist i feel like the result would still be erasure okay, yeah and perpetuating the same stuff if we don't fight those two things then mm-hmm. i think the problems will persist it, i think it has to be deliberate and intentional um and i really like what Ruby's saying about organizing it has to be mm-hmm. organized deliberate intentional um otherwise the things will stay there just like they are just putting in a bunch of you know just putting in diversity itself like that's just one thing we need to do we need to look at the stereotypes and all those other things that come along with you know the stories that we tell about people based on what they look like what do you think Ria? well i was i was just going to add to norma jean's point and just say you know what you are a black woman you will never be erased you are the mother mm. of humanity okay Word. The blueprint. <laughs> yes, you are the blueprint. So you won't be erased. Ain't ain't no Word. gene that's going to be more dominant than yours. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Loving it. Uh Krista, what are your thoughts? What Rashida wanted to say something. Oh yeah, sorry, I just saw it. Rashida, go, go, go. So I'm I'm gonna flip this on the other side, as in where we've been talking about it from the um perspective of black women, where we are black women, obviously saying that, well, they want us to be lighter. From the perspective of white women as well, there is some sort of colorism where their people tan their skin to look this golden browny color, the pale skinned 
white people are discriminated against. That is not colorism. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really sorry because they do not. No, they, so uh, um, uh, a redheaded, sorry, I, I really need to say this. A redheaded, light. Oh, let me make my point. Okay. So the point I'm trying to make is for this extremely pale skin women, they're under pressure to tan their skin to look this golden brown, brownish color, so they look, they're perceived as more beautiful. I think there was a thing by one of, I think she's the one of the girls allowed girls. She had this social media thing to stop tanning her skin, to embrace her light and fair and pale skin because she, she's beautiful and she would accept herself as beautiful. But the media time and time again for these extreme, them, this really pale skin women, they're forced to kind of look a certain shade of brownie, goldy color to be to be classified as beautiful that is on the flip side of dark skinned women being the, the, the one thing i will say dark. is i think it's unfair to compare i'm not comparing i'm okay, just sorry. i only just brought it up because i'm like as we can for me i can only talk as a black woman but even mm -hmm. if it's a small minority of very pale women they face something similar where they are forced to kind of darken their skin or look a certain shade of golden yeah. brown. So I don't think that um, a white woman that is um, pale skinned um, will experience colorism the way a dark skinned black woman would. And I'll take us back to the definition of colorism being that I don't think a light skinned white woman uh, would be prejudiced or discriminated, discriminated against um, because they are paler skinned. The, the, well, the hardest thing they would experience is the fact that they cannot tan, um, and that's literally it. They will not. Well, why would they want to tan in the first place? Because but it's a beauty they... standard. That is a beauty exactly. standard. Exactly. That's it. That's what. But that's that doesn't exactly mean it's colorism. It is because if you're perceived, I think as we need to agree to disagree. Um, but I'll well, let Ria, I'll let Ria say something. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to say that I don't think it's colorism either. I think it's more of a fashion trend or beauty trend, because especially with white women, depending on how you look at it, fifty years ago, well, there were some who were tanning, or at least throughout history, beauty, the standard of beauty has been described even within white people as fairness. Yeah. There's even a freaking movie called My Fair Lady, mm. right? And now come into 90s, post-90s, post we're getting people who are now even going as far as black fishing. That's right, yeah. Mm -hmm. fake you know? booty, so it's, it's a fake booty. Skin. You know, in the 50s, you had to be skeleton thin, like number 11. And yeah. now you, they want <laughs> booty, they want to be curvy, they want to look like Coca-Cola bottle. Yeah. I it's think like, the, it's just trends. Yeah. Yes, I think it's trends. The, but is isn't the way I the way I last thing I'll say is for these women that have now decided they want to look darker and all of those things couldn't it be because okay fine it's a beauty trend a beauty standard but it just means more people will find them attractive they would be treated nicer because they look more beautiful or look a certain way but yeah, they won't be so. discriminated against the way well, they, they look. Fun of, though. The very, I'm not it saying was, no, that's not exactly discrimination. the same way black women are being treated, no. 
I, I think we won't agree. I think we won't agree. And um, <laughs> because it's getting. Well, I think we can agree. I'm right. You're wrong. And yeah. <laughs> move on. I think we. I think we can agree to disagree, and we can move on. Yeah, please help us. Yeah. Okay. Let's so let me on. touch. Let me. Let me just go on to our next section, which is all about racism and colorism. And I think we've all shared our experiences in different ways. Um, and I just want to be sort of um, call this out and be very clear on what the difference is. So colorism is a component of um, racism. Um, or as Lupita Nyong'o said in her interview, it's the daughter of racism. And the difference between the two but can be made clearer by this example that I'm going to give you. A darker skinned person will not be deprived of receiving education, good healthcare, or having job opportunities because they are dark skinned. They will be treated the same under the laws and enjoy the same rights as a light skinned person. So a colorism, this differentiates colorism from racism because it's very clear that racism is pure discrimination from jobs, education, healthcare, and um, opportunities in general. Um, while colorism has more to do with discrimination within your own ethnicity, it's not as global. So unlike race-based pre race prejudices, which also define a person's identity and value, um, we do have to admit that color also matters. And not only does skin tone affect employability rates, um, in the examples that Ribby has given in her workplace, it also seems to affect the likelihood of marriage and even the rates of suspension in schools in the UK or in America. I mean, a good example is research done as far back as 2013, um, titled The Relationship Between Skin Tone and School Suspension for African Americans. So this is an American-based research for American schools. And what they found was that black female students with darker skin were three times more likely to be suspended at school than their light-skinned African-American counterparts. I mean, to me, when, when I found that, that was just the craziest thing. So let me ask you ladies, as black women, how do you think we can move beyond skin tone and colorism? What solutions do, you, do we think would work or would help? I think we need to celebrate all skin shades. Mm -hmm. not, not, even, not even just the darker skins. We need to celebrate that. We need to celebrate the light skin. We need to celebrate the dark skin. We need to celebrate the shades in between. And we just need to keep saying that, you know, whatever skin shade you are, it's fine. This is how we are. Some of us are, even within the dark shades, they're different types of dark. So we now going and saying, oh, this, this skin color is better than this skin color. Uh, skin shade is a problem because there's so many tones to it. That's, that's what I wanted to say. Mm -hmm. 
I agree. And for me, as I'm kind of well, quite dark skinned, you'd oh, I guess our tones and compliments within our our ethnicity has to change. For someone like me, I'm really dark skinned, and I remember many. In fact, I still have one friend that calls me Amala. Amala is in Nigerian food that is black, as this kind of dark brown blacky kind of thing. And he just sees me every time like, oh, hey, Amala, hey, Amala. And yes, it started off as a joke or teasing, but those sort of, oh, yeah, doesn't really mean anything. I'll call her Amala or I'll call her black charcoal or all of those things. Those sort of teasing and stuff have to stop. And we realize that it's not just teasing or just banter as in, we just have to stop it and just accept everyone for their color, whether they're dark skin or light, lighter skin or deep black or light black or whatever. Do you, call yeah. Yeah. Do you not think he was celebrating your color by calling you Amala? No, no. no. He was, he was no. calling me Amala because like, oh, yes, mm. so dark skin. Mm-hmm. I agree. I but agree was he not that. like into you when he was calling you Amala? No. Is that, that a toasting line? That's we're not, that's we're not really works. We're not that friendly. We're not that kind of friend, but it was just yeah. oh, uh-uh. okay. You know that kind of friend that he still thinks it's okay to call you that? No, but no, we're not that kind of friend that uh, was trying to get with me. It was just okay. an banter between friends. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, just, I mean, to take on Rashida's point, I think it's really important that we start calling out these things. Like, for example, um, because I'm, my background is also Sudanese. And in Sudanese Arabic, do you know there is a different name for every shade of black person there is? Wow. That's about like eight wow. to 10 names. Wow. Eh? Can describe, eh? This one is Khadra, this one is this, this one is that, when you're describing someone. Wow. So, and I think from, from speaking to some of my friends from around the globe, I think it's the same in Hindi. Mm, you know, wow. Indians also have names for all the different shades of color. Oh, is that know? based on the caste system? No? Yeah, it's, it's like caste system. Yeah, they yeah. do have a caste system as well. Um, so, so I think we need to start calling out this behavior. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, people, and and stop people. I mean, even if someone says something jokingly, you don't know who's on the receiving end of that. Some people might have thick skin and let it bounce off and say, "Ha ha, whatever." But then to another person, you don't know how much internalized self-hate they're carrying or whatever baggage they're carrying. And then you make that small remark, yeah. you know? So we, we need to start calling people out, even our families. I know members of my family who just let it slide, say something so simply. And it, we need to change the language. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it, colorism is definitely about black people's self-hatred um as well as sort of white people racism so it's it is it is definitely intertwined um in the two and and i do totally agree with you and ribby has also said it that we need to put more pressure on the media when it comes to colorism exactly the same way as we do when it comes to racism we need to to, yeah just to say i mean I think uh, I really love what Crystal and Ria said about we need to celebrate, we need to call it out, we need more representation when these kind of things are done from a media perspective because people take a lot of the things that they unknowingly, you know, they take it from media. I mean, that's what great marketing is about, is about influencing your subconscious 
And so it's really about having a seat at the table to ensure that when these things are happening, um, it's done in the right way. And I'll give one example that I thought was really brilliant. And this happened in South Africa where a, a FMCG company um, defined um, a dark skin woman as a, 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 there were two women in the, in the communication, a dark skin woman and a light skin woman. And they were talking about actually hair. And they talked about the, 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 the white skin woman's oh, yeah, hair as that. fine. You, you saw that, yeah. Fine mm -hmm. and all of this. And, and then mm -hmm. the, 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 the darker skinned woman hair was defined in a derogatory way. Mm -hmm. Now, they may not, they didn't obviously think about this very, very well. And it was done online. And the, the, the pushback was, so, I mean, people were protesting in front of the supermarket where this product They was almost sold. burnt it down. They mm. almost burnt it down. It was so bad. And, and while I'm not saying, please go and burn anything down, but you know, it, <laughs> it caused the organization and the supermarkets to withdraw the, the ad and withdraw the product. The company had to issue an apology and right. they really had to think about how Never they were again. affecting <laughs> the location going forward. So we can effect change. Um, mm -hmm. not, don't, please don't go and burn anything down. I say that again. But we can effect change. Well, if we burn things down, we say Ruby told us to. I didn't say that. We could respond almost like the way they did. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of black people around the world responded when H&M came out with that coolest money. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, oh, exactly. yeah. Respond exactly. with our money financially. You just boycott. Because, yeah. you know, that's that's how you respond. And mm -hmm. they felt it. They felt they it. Did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I guess within our own groups, we should just stop. And as Rhea said, you stop the banter. I think the, oh yeah, it was just banter. It's just a joke. We're calling this person these different shades of black or brown or whatever. We just need to kind of just clamp down on that and just be like, no, it's not allowed to say. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I've got to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Crystal, what do you think? I've already, I've already spoken. Uh, Norma Jean, do you want to go? Because you haven't said anything. <laughs> Quiet and oh, wow. What do I think about um, how we can get beyond uh, skin tone? I think uh, celebrating is great, but I think, um, I think uplifting each other, regardless of, you know, what we look like and just, I mean, just going beyond skin tone is, is, is key. I, I think that's what helped me survive my youth is not focusing solely on certain things, but just really uplifting ourselves in lots of different ways. Um, I think that's part of it. Um, but I would say I have, I guess, at least where I grew up, it, it is a cultural thing. So it just depends on the culture that you're in. Um, some people approach it differently, but I think just uplifting each other that way. Um, when you look around you, you know, everyone's bringing something different to the table. It doesn't always have to be specifically about how you look. Um, but when it comes to how you look, I think we need to celebrate everything. The wide noses, the thin noses, the big lips, the not so big lips, whatever the heck it the is. The flat butts, the big butts. The mm -hmm. flat butts, yep. the big butts. All the butts. <laughs> All yep. the butts. I mean, yeah. And, and let's not hide behind things like preference. Mm -hmm. um, stuff yeah. like that. Because that is usually the excuse that we hear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I also think... <laughs> I also think light-skinned girls, whenever a guy says, oh, you're more, you're more beautiful than a dark-skinned girl, should just shut it down and be mm -hmm. like, we're all beautiful. Yeah, That's exactly. right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm yeah. for that. For that. 
you need to cut it you know and also for for those of us you know or people who have children or who are raising sons teach them not to open their stupid mouths (laughs) and and start talking about preference (laughs) it's rapid rapid fire (laughs) nice 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 okay so i'm gonna go so the rapid fire question for this week is crystal give me at least one color or skin tone adjective that comes to your mind right now i'm just gonna sing brown skin girl skin just like her (laughs) that's it love it love it love it love it rashida go same question Chocolates, goodness. Oh, okay. okay, okay. But when I look at myself in the mirror, I'm like, oh my god, you're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Norma Jean, go. Mm, Nubian princess. Ooh. I don't know about you guys, but uh, you you know the way our skin tones. If you're on the darker side, it's always like chocolate espresso, yeah, coffee bean. <laughs> Delicious things. Delicious. Maybe that's it. Delicious. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ria? Hey, I'm going to quote Tupac on this. Okay. They say the darker the berry, the oh, sweeter the juice. juice. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> nice. Gonna nice. say that, but I will say melanin popping melanin popping oh i would say made from melanin any one of those that's right that's right that's right okay okay right i love that you you keisha your turn so i'm gonna i'm gonna because i know we're coming to the end of the episode and you guys have literally mentioned I, all the adjectives. I'm trying about. to think. Just answer it. <laughs> <laughs> rapid, <laughs> rapid fire. All the story. But I'm going to say, I'm going to just sort of flip it and say this. We definitely need to make sure that language around color and skin tone is changed to reflect something more positive. And if that's the case, does actually calling someone chocolate or espresso is what is that actually a compliment because if beauty trends change in the next five years and light-skinned is no longer as popular would those terms not now also not yeah be become derogatory that's right yeah so do we even need to get there people just eliminate it and just say look we're one just stop trying to demarcate us in the first place hopefully we will get there yeah i mean just what i mean what do you think i mean is is that one of the solutions that we we should consider that do let's do away with the adjective and let's just be one black oh yeah i think that is uh sorry go ahead ria no, I was going to say I agree, but then at the same time, some of the adjectives people use for themselves um, just to make themselves feel good. Like, I don't consider it a negative thing calling myself a chocolate woman. Mm-hmm. And I will continue to do so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what you yeah. going to do? 
<laughs> when the melanin is popping, it's popping, man. What can you do? What can you do? And can I just say, you know, we know words have power. So we no need to earn our language and use it to uplift ourselves. Yeah. So I don't want to do away with adjectives because they have power. Okay, and, and, and our black ladies have said it. Okay, that's a love it. Thank you so much. Oh, so, you still didn't give us an adjective though. Melanin popping is my normal go-to. Someone time. already said that though. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cliche as a politician. See how she just moved I on. Very, I can see that. I can see that. I can see that. Adjective, but nothing. <laughs> I, I, you have I disappointed didn't... the whole black race. <laughs> I, have, I have one for you. You know, oh, yes, in, no. in Yoruba, they say mm-hmm. aduduma don, mm. which, means, which means black and shining. Yeah. And that, there you oh, go. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Thank like you. That. Thank you. So it's been a wild ride. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening to the Single Talks podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Yeah. Special thanks to our guests. The Diasporadicals. Um, Thank you. Really good fun. This is fun. fun. Thanks, girls. Come again, please. Oh, yeah. We'd love to. Yes, please. (laughs) So, you can find us and our guests wherever you listen to your podcasts. Norma Jean, where can we find you on socials? You can find Diasporadicals on Twitter as at Diasporadicals and on Instagram, you can find us as at DiasporadicalsPod. Thank you. Please Thank show you your ladies. support Sorry. by subscribing, rating, and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. Till next time, take care. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Talking Single podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. To continue the conversation, be sure to follow us on Instagram with the handle at Single Talks Podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter with the handle Talking Single. We are downloadable on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and other platforms. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us a great review, and of course, share with your family and friends. We'd also love to hear from you, so leave us your comments or questions. And do remember to tag us on any post with the hashtag SingleTalks. Take care and see you next week. Same time, same place. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep. That sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. Betterhelp.com slash save. Got it. You know what this is? A commercial? Right, and you know what that means. Time for a snack? Wrong. I want you to do some heart-healthy exercise. Yes, you! Try some seated leg extensions right now. Just lift each leg up and extend it straight one at a time, six to eight times. I can do that. Yes, you can. Remember, every commercial is a chance to sneak in heart-healthy activity. Visit findexerciseanywhere.com and speak with your doctor to learn more about the risks of heart failure.